Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com slash careers. That's opcpest.com slash careers. Where do you go to find all your favorite wine, beer, and spirits with selections customized to local tastes? For over 25 years, that go-to place has been Cox's Spirit Shop. Cox's, Louisville's go-to liquor store. Welcome to the Kentucky Racing Spotlight with Louis Rabot, presented by the Kentucky HBPA. Now here's Louis Rabot. All right, welcome in to this week's edition of the Kentucky Racing Spotlight with Louis Rabot. I am your host, Louis Rabot, at Radio Louis on Twitter. You can find this station at ESPN 680 and, of course, the show at KY Racing Spotlight. All of those on Twitter. Come find us. Come follow us. You can find us on Facebook, all the socials. Come hang out with us. We want to be uh, the community show here in the Commonwealth. We are presented by the Kentucky HBPA, KYHBPA.com. Great advocacy, tons of options for all the horse folks here in the Commonwealth and around the country, uh, for sure, with the National HBPA's backing as well. Like I said, I'm Louis Rabot. In this show, we will talk with a bunch of people. I've already interviewed three folks uh, for this show, which is fantastic. Up next will be uh, jockey Keith Asmussen. How about that? Uh, Road Lemon Muffin to a win in the Honey Bee. Great at stakes. Uh, she breaks her maiden. Uh, something like 37 to 1 for the coach. I, I really encourage people to listen to that interview and listen to his passion for horse racing. It's pretty rare that you get to meet someone in life. And not just in horse racing, but in life who grows up in an industry and loves it as much as Keith does. Talks about his dad. He talks about his grandparents. He talks about getting to ride for the coach. You hear the admiration in his voice when talking about the coach that I think is pretty unmatched. And it's a really, really fun interview with Keith. We talk Xbox. We talk all kinds of things uh, as part of that. We talk about Texas going to the SEC. I mean, goodness gracious. Just a fantastic interview. I hope everyone enjoys that one. Then, of course, uh, no introduction needed. Brad Cox joins us after that. He's got horses all over the country tomorrow uh, and tonight, frankly, in the Cincinnati Trophy. And so we talk to him about those entries, what his thought process is of getting all of these different very high-quality horses on the best possible path to the Kentucky Derby and my dark horse for at least starting in the Kentucky Derby comes up in that interview and Brad uh, does confirm that that's a horse that he'll be starting in the Ruby. You'll have to stick around for that. That's a radio tease. How about that? A little professionalism on the Kentucky racing spotlight. Uh, and finally, we go to Caitlin Free uh, from Turfway Park. She'll uh, help handicap both the Cincinnati Trophy and the Bataglia up there today. If you missed my show earlier today, Rabo and Co. here on 680-1057, the 11 o'clock hour. We went to Long Island at 11 with our guy Matthew DeSantis at uh, 1120. We went out to L.A. to talk San Felipe with my friend John Lindo from Thoroughbred L.A. So if you want to catch any of those, you can do that. And on the Horse Racing Happy Hour last night, we talked with Brian Nadeau down at Gulfstream Park. Massive day, of course, down there. Uh, circled around that fountain of youth as part of the Derby Trail as well. But look, folks, we're here. We're here. We're at the end of the 50-point races with the Tampa Bay Derby next week. We are closing in on the very highest point of the Kentucky Derby Trail and its qualifying races. And that's when we get to 100-point races in a couple of weeks. But to this point, we finally got one of those horses coming off a layoff. 
to do what we assumed he was capable of doing. That was Timberlake in the Rebel. And he gets it done. And I wasn't too sure after watching A Fierceness, after watching On the Oaks Trail, A Life Talk, both of which ran to Gulfstream Park, I didn't know if they would come back well. And then the week before, we got Sierra Leone. Came back in the Risen Star, looked great. Then this week, we get Timberlake. And I, I'm, a, I'm high on both. Because I, to me, those were both just get them off the bench, get them, in a, get them in a starting gate, get them a race kind of races, and they both won. And I talked about Sierra Leone on this show before, and I wonder if, you know, once in a while you'll hear, especially from the handicapping bros, or maybe he wasn't totally cranked for that race. Maybe he wasn't totally keyed up for that one. And I think we've got a couple of horses that, if they stay healthy, will be in the starting gate for the Kentucky Derby that only know one speed. And that's Sierra Leone. That's Timberlake. I think they only know one way to run. They only know, I'm going to go win. I love that about young horses. When there's a young horse that doesn't want to be a pack animal, that doesn't mind being out front, give me that all day long. And I think we got it with both of those guys. And I think Timberlake's an interesting cultural question, too. This is Derby 150. You need a major celebrity for, for riders up. Does it's going to be May, Justin Timberlake, show up for the first Saturday in May? I don't know. I think it's an important question. <laughs> Let's start the campaign now, people, right here on the Kentucky Racing Spotlight. Can we get Justin Timberlake in to follow Timberlake? Can they sell him 1% of the horse or something? I think that's a great idea, by the way. If you're listening ownership group, there's a free idea from your buddy, Louie. But the trail heats up this weekend, and we're going to have a lot of fun with it. The race down to Florida is a fascinating one. We should start there. I think it's a, a fair place to start the conversation. Down to Gulfstream Park for the Fountain of Youth. Like I said, we had Brian Nadeau on yesterday. We talked about lots of different horses in this field. We get another one of those horses coming off the layoff in Doorknock. Now, a couple of years ago, we had a race in the Kentucky Jockey Club here at Churchill Downs across the street that ended up being a fantastic predictor of success in the three-year-old year for three horses. The winner, Smile Happy. Then, of course, Classic Causeway, who went on to win the Belmont Derby Invitational on the turf, grade one. And a little horse named White Abario. <laughs> who came around and actually won this race, the Fountain of Youth. And look, I, I think we're looking at a Remsen from December in the mud at Aqueduct. And I think we're going to say the same thing when we get when all things are said and done at the end of this three-year-old campaign. That, that stretch duel between Doorknock and Sierra Leone, I think will end up going down as the moment in 2023 that gave way to great Colts in 2024. And I think Doorknock does get it done in South Florida for training Danny Gargan. Now, this is another one of those horses I'm hearing. Oh, no, no. He's not a, He's not going to be keyed up. This isn't his race yet. I'm a little tired of hearing that. <laughs> and so I'm going to look past that. The one I have heard that might not be totally turned up is locked. And his running style with that short stretch, a reminder, short stretch at Gulfstream Park tomorrow. That closing style might not work at Gulfstream Park, but we said that last year and Forte came rolling through in this race to win it. Could Locke look like Forte last year? For sure. Given who his dad is and Gunrunner, who his grandfather is on his mom's side, and Malibu Moon, he absolutely can. All the breeding makes sense in this case. Well, let's look around. Who else could do something here? I'm fascinated by Real Macho, who's coming out of a one-turn mile race at Gulfstream Park. Didn't run well before that in an optional claimer, but ran well last time. He's the son of Mucho Macho, man. They bred the horse for 4500 bucks. 
and he's already made 68 grand. He's won twice in his life. One last time in an optional claimer going a mile. His one try going two turns didn't go well, but he ran behind change of command in Cardinal. Both of those horses have come back and run really well. Interested to see if Real Macho under Tyler Gaffalione is ready to go. And then you have the two horses that we don't know quite what's going to happen with them, but we know how they're going to run. And that is the number one speakeasy under Irad Ortiz for Todd Pletcher and Victory Avenue, the three for John Velasquez and Gustavo Delgado. When I talked to Brian last night, I asked him, I said, what, what are you doing here? He makes the morning lines at Gulfstream Park. I said, what are you doing here? How is Victory Avenue who lost the race four to one and speakeasy who won the race nine to two? And he said, Hey, Gulf Street Park, man. People love Gustavo Delgado. And my job is to try to predict how people are going to bet. I'm fascinated by Speakeasy. They made the announcement today. He's staying in the race. He's triple crown nominated. He's the son of Constitution. Harlan's holiday on the damn side. I am fascinated by this horse. There may be no trainer in the country I trust. With all respect to Brad Cox, who will be out of this show in about 20 minutes. To place his horses in these kinds of spots than Todd Pletcher. He does a fantastic job. And stretching horses out, he's as good as anyone. Really, really interested to see him. I love that they're leaving Victory Avenue in here. They think a lot of this horse. They paid almost $400,000 for him. They obviously think a lot of him. I'll be interested to see him on the track as well tomorrow. But I do think Doorknock ends up firing. I think he'll be, he'll be just fine. If Speakeasy can keep that... Keep his legs underneath him with that short stretch. I think he'll be a problem tomorrow as well from the rail because they have no choice. Irad's got no choice. That horse cannot fall behind in a substantive way and expect to rally in its first time going two turns. I just don't think it's realistic. So I think you'll see that horse go. They'll send him and that'll be done. The Gotham is tomorrow. And like I said, at 11 o'clock, we had Matthew DeSantis on from Naira on the show if you want to go back and listen to that. He really likes Bergen in this race, which is the Brad Cox trainee who won last out in the mud going six furlongs. A reminder, this race is a one-mile turn up at Aqueduct. And a lot of, you you hear Brad Cox talk about it in a couple minutes, a lot of trainers like this option for their horses who they feel just aren't quite ready to go two turns. And Bergen's one of those horses. Ran at six furlongs, broke his maiden first ask at Keeneland as the favorite, came back at uh, Churchill Downs in an optional claimer, ran second under Flavian Pratt, and then one last out off the layoff at Aqueduct. Comes into this race, does Bergen, off of that race, second off the layoff, which is the best angle that Brad Cox has, 31% second off. So that's why Mike, or excuse me, that Matthew really likes him. Just a touch is in here as well for Brad Cox who ran on the slop at fairgrounds. It's going to be a wet day in New York. I, in a weird way, I think you could use the two Brad Cox horses here and move on with the rest of your card there in New York. The Busher's an interesting race too. And that's the Oaks prep in New York tomorrow. Jin Jin's back in Jody's pride is coming off the layoff for Jorge Abreu. Um, Matthew pointed out to us earlier, Abreu's numbers coming off of this kind of layoff with horses is atrocious recently. Lean on Brad Cox in that race as well, in my opinion, Jin Jin. And I think he'll be okay to go. Last one is the San Felipe out at Santa Anita and three Bob Bafferts. And I talked to John Lindo this morning on Rabo and Co. And I tried to make the case for Scatify running second and getting some kind of derby points out of this. And he wasn't convinced. So there's a chance we go Baffert one, two, three in this. 
and the Derby points simply don't matter for the San Felipe. And my dilemma that I described a couple of weeks ago on this show continues. I just want to see the best horses at the Derby and simply put, Dysos is the best three-year-old right now going two turns on dirt, and it'll be a shame that he's going to continue to rack up victories, and I fully expect him to lead off the late pick five on Sunday since they've moved it back, big cap day back one day, to be a single in that pick five to open. But could Scatify jump up under Hector Berrios and get second, get some points for the Derby? I don't know yet. But essentially, because Nysos is out there, man, that's your chance. you got to start compiling points if you're going to get off that California trip. When we come back, we will talk with Keith Asmussen. You know the last name, but do you know Keith? Uh, he was aboard Lemon Muffin in the Honey Bee. I asked him if he's allowed himself to, to dream about being in that winter circle for the Kentucky Oaks. And I also asked him how he feels about Texas joining the SEC since he's a love, proud long home alum. Uh, again, we're presented by the Kentucky HBPA, KYHBPA.com. Go check out all their stuff at their website. Uh, big fans of the folks over there and all the work they do for horsemen and horsewomen around the Commonwealth. I'm Louis Rabot. This is the Kentucky Racing Spotlight. We'll be right back here on ESPN 680 105.7. Taking care of your family isn't always easy, so we make sure getting care when you need it is. With Baptist Health Urgent and Virtual Care, we bring you more options and greater convenience, too. With video visits available 24-7 and online check-in through MyChart for in-person visits. To check in online or to set up a video visit, go to baptisthealth.com slash care anywhere. When it's time to replace your heating and air system, we know people want options. That's why you'll always get a free second opinion with BJ Heating and Cooling. Plus, for a limited time, get 0% financing for 60 months on a new Bryant system. Call the experts you can trust at BJ Heating and Cooling. Welcome back to the Kentucky Racing Spotlight on ESPN 680 and 105.7. Now here's Louis Rabot. All right, welcome back in. This is the Kentucky Racing Spotlight with Louis Rabot here on ESPN 680 105.7. I am Louis Rabot. You can find us on Twitter at KY Racing Spotlight. Of course, you can find this station ESPN 680 105.7 on Twitter at ESPN 680. Really pleased to bring in Keith Asmussen from down there at Oaklawn Park. Uh, a quote-unquote day off. Keith, uh, first off, hello. And second, what's a day off on a Thursday like for Keith Asmussen? Oh, recharging the batteries. You know, excited to be here, and thank you for having me, Louie. Yeah, no problem. Uh, what does recharging the batteries mean? Do you sleep till 4.30 instead of 4? Is that how that works? Uh, no, still plenty busy in the morning, <laughs> getting on as many horses as possible and talking to trainers, but for the most part, the afternoons are kind of just lounging. Love oh. playing Xbox, love watching replays, but it's not like I'm All right, so out doing a lot. I, I'm more so just preparing for the weekend. All right, so what is Keith Asmussen's go-to Xbox game then? Like, what are we doing here? Are you an RPG guy? Are you playing sports? What, what's Keith Asmussen doing on Xbox? I know. That was like my first big purchase. I got a new Xbox, <laughs> so I'm definitely... <laughs> it's, it's a cool way to keep in touch with my friends back home, and you just yeah, no, I, people forget the social aspect that you could just throw on a headset and you're anywhere in the world with your buddies playing a game for sure. Uh, Keith Asmussen here uh, with us on the uh, Kentucky Racing Spotlight on ESPN 680-1057. Look, it, it's, it's rare, Keith, that the public gets to watch someone have 
the kind of transcendent moment you had the other day with Lemon Muffin winning the Honey Bee Stakes at Oaklawn. Uh, <laughs> not an expected winner. Uh, all of the numbers I saw. I, I I hope you find this funny, but I saw a comment on one of our social media platforms uh, as far as the show is concerned that said you couldn't have picked that horse on a Ouija board, <laughs> which I love. I love that kind of line. Man, what did that feel like? What is what's the moment like? You're walking. You're you're riding into the gate. You're there. Do you think you have a shot or the instructions are, hey, go win the race? Or are they like, hey, just get us some points here for the Kentucky Oaks? Uh, just going into the race, kind of how the racetrack had been playing. The coach told me, you know, um, put her in the race. You're going to have to be close looking at the previous races. And, I mean, loading in the gate, I had the world of confidence in her. I had ridden her before, and then Nick rode her the second time. And her two maiden races, I know being shorter, but lost two. You know, pretty impressive fillies in Tanya Showers and Blue Squall, and had always thought very highly of her. And I mean, never doubt the coach. I I, I was so excited <laughs> to stretch her out, but it, it wasn't exactly an easy spot. Yeah, so four times she had run second in maiden races coming into that race. What is it when you're – and talk us through this, because this is something, obviously, uh, with my frame that I'll never get to do, which is jockey a horse during one of these kinds of races. When do you feel the horse – when the light goes on for a horse like that? When when she turns the corner there and it's Lemon Muffin and you realize you've got plenty of horse to win the race, what's that moment like for you as the jock? Uh yeah greatest feeling in the world it's beyond description in perfect example in her down the backside she relaxed beautifully and i kind of like described it as riding a wave like i felt like i had a ton of horse she'd settled very comfortably and you know going around the turn at 3-8 she was begging me to push the button and i was I had the world of confidence on top of her um as far as like the feelings after the race cloud nine it's you know winning a graded stake it's riding horses at that level is kind of the reason why you would want to do it is riding horses of that caliber and you would be able to do it uh, i don't think i've slept a combined two hours since you know i've just been so excited and to be able to do it for the coach it's all the more sentimental uh, so you, you keep mentioning the coach, and I appreciate that. Keith Asmussen here uh, with us on the Kentucky Racing Spotlight presented by the Kentucky HBPA. You talk about the coach, and you're a guy who grew up around the game. I'll, I'll be fully transparent with you, Keith. I didn't get into horse racing until I was in my 30s, essentially. Um, and it, it's a game that I've come to really enjoy and really um, – obviously, I do this, so I really care about it very deeply. But you grew up around it, obviously, with your with your father and, and with your family. Was the coach part of your upbringing? Was he one of those guys that you, you knew as a kid? Uh, someone you always – admired and respected but as far as a personal relationship i don't think it really developed until you know i was working for him hmm. and I, I think that's helped so much being able to interact with a horseman of his caliber literally changed the game and made it what it is today and to be able to work with a horseman like that that i mean his understanding <laughs> makes me look like an ice cube and he's an iceberg <laughs> or something like that yeah, I, yeah. I just, to be able to to work for and be around someone like that is incredibly special. Have you started to let yourself? So we had John Ennis on the show last week, trainer John Ennis, and he's got a horse, obviously, in the Bataglia uh, at Turfway tomorrow and is is starting to, I asked him, are you starting to allow yourself to dream about being in the Kentucky Derby winner's circle? Man, have you thought about that with Lemon Muffin and the Kentucky Oaks? Oh, absolutely. Even before Lemon Muffin, it's kind of what you aspire 
the level you aspire to be at. There you go. What is the what is the aspect of the job? And Keith Asmussen with us. Jockey obviously just won uh, the Oaks Prep and the Honeybee down at Oaklawn Park with Lemon Muffin. What is the thing about being a jockey that no one sees that you love that you get to do? Um, something that no one sees is the feel. I mean, I, I would do it if they paid me in bottle caps because there's <laughs> there's no feeling like riding a thoroughbred racehorse at full flight. It's that that simple, and I always describe it as like it's impossible to describe. It's such a profound feeling being able to ride a horse. It's like I try not to take it for granted, but it's something when like you take a step back and you think about, it, you're like, wow, this is this is really incredible. Like I'm riding a 1,100, 1,200-pound animal running 40 miles an hour, just communicating with my hands. Like. Mm. I, I keep saying incredible. Sorry, but no, it's okay. I, no, I, I feel it. Not. I've been lucky enough to grow up around it my entire life. Since like my earliest memories are at the racetrack, having grown up in Arlington, Texas, right by Lone Star Park, and I was always, you know, infatuated with the profession of a jockey. I always thought it was very beautiful, and that you know, race riding can be like an art form, and I. I was just always amazed by it, and I, I feel really lucky I'm able to do it. Uh, your dad won 63 races as a jockey. You've since blown past that number. Do you do you bring that up when you need to with Steve? Uh, no, it, it was a it was a very important um, mark to get towards. You know, it, it meant a lot to a lot of my family members, him and I especially. He's been my my biggest mentor, my biggest coach, my biggest supporter, and I, I'm sure he felt a lot of pride in me passing that mark, as did I. Well, that's fantastic. All right, well, I'm, I was trying to make a joke, and Keith made it a nice family moment. I like that. How about that? A little <laughs> little family moment on the Kentucky Racing Spotlight. I like that. Not uh, trying to be too emotional, but yeah. no, that's fantastic, man. I love it. Uh, you know, so your dad goes from from riding to training. Uh, and I don't want to forecast too far into your future, but do you see yourself eventually doing that kind of thing, or do you think that you know you're going to try to make as much of a career out of being a jockey as you can? I'll probably make as much of a career out of being a jockey as I can. I'm, you know, so in love with the profession. I plan on doing it until it doesn't make sense. I wouldn't count out training because I do really love being around the horses in the backside. But I, I don't think I'm limited or to that one thing uh how do you like living in hot springs oh i love it the, we- the weather's really turning up it's about springtime and it's oh it gets so beautiful here <laughs> my friend matt dinnerman is now calling the races there and i was so worried that california guy was going to get there and boy just be a fish out of water but he has discovered very quickly the passion around that place and how much people at hot springs really do care about racing can you, I don't know how much you've interacted with Matt, but if you have, can you kind of talk about Matt? I know he's huge on being out there in the mornings and meeting people and meeting the horses and doing those things, and just sort of the general feel around Hot Springs about horse racing. Exactly. That's what I was going to say about Matt. He seems very involved and very you know, interested in the happenings and the horses and the backside and the culture, and I, I absolutely love being here. I mean, the, the population here is very interested in the sport and huge supporters and I be, getting, being able to run at Oakland is 
very special. I like the caliber of horses and connections in, in addition to the crowd. It's, it's very ex- exciting environment. Uh, Keith Asmussen with us. He is a uh, jockey down there right now. Currently at Oaklawn Park was on Lemon Muffin and the Honey Bee. He uh, obviously got her a starting spot uh, as a result of that effort in the Kentucky Oaks here on the first Friday uh, in May across the street at Churchill Downs. Um, boy, where do I want to go with this next question? I am, I'm trying to be uh, trying to be uh, on point here with you, Keith. But um, look, you, you go to Texas, you get your degrees, you do all those things. How how supportive have your parents been of your decision to be a jockey and stay in thoroughbred racing? When I first started riding in 2020, it was just kind of the product of COVID and all my classes went online. I went to work for Darren Fleming, my father's assistant here in Hot Springs. And before then, I had only ever galloped horses for a month, two month stints, maybe summer vacations, spring breaks. Christmas vacations a little before high school and it it hadn't really been that long of a period that I've been galloping and I, I'd always wanted to be a jockey it's hard not to be around the racetrack and not <laughs> want to be a jockey but it wasn't until COVID where that was a possibility and I approached my parents asked them when I first started I, I just wanted to ride a race mm. just to know what it was like and to be able to experience and something no one can take away from you and, you know, did well, but before I'd ever started riding, my parents made me promise that I would go back to school and finish. And so I had that summer at Lone Star, a weekend at Remington. And when school started back up, um, I had to stick to my promise. And I, I hung up my tack and I went back to school for two years and I got my degree. And when I graduated, it was still... <laughs> on the forefront of my mind, to say the least. And I immediately after I graduated, I went to the backside with the intention of doing that. And I've just always been upfront and intentional with my parents, and they've supported me all the way. Are you an annoying Texas person, and do you like the Sarkeesian extension? <laughs> I do. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I was scared you were going to lose them to Alabama. Yeah, sure. There you go. No, I get a little, little playoff with him and uh, move. Do you like the move to the SEC? I got to ask you, this is a sports station here, buddy. Oh, absolutely. With the, I mean, the evolution of what college football is now, it's, it's all about, I mean, viewership and what you can give to the players and stuff. So I, it's definitely a, a logical transition. All right. We have a new uh, career goal for you, Keith Asmussen. Are you ready? Let's hear it. All right. So, like, sometime at, like, 12.30, 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock on a Saturday in the fall, you win a race at Keeneland, and then that night you go to the Texas-Kentucky game at Commonwealth Stadium. What do you think about that? Oh, doesn't get better than that. <laughs> a little double-headed for Keith Asmussen. How about that? Whip, whip up on UK. I love that. <laughs> Well, there you go. That's fantastic. He is Keith Asmussen. Uh, Keith, if people wanted to find you, what's the best way to go find Keith Asmussen? Uh, social media, uh, Keith ASM seven and Twitter. <laughs> there you go. Go find him on Twitter. Uh, do you do you read the comments or not? Um, sometimes. <laughs> it's funny, I write about race. I, I I don't go looking for them. <laughs> <laughs> do you find horse racing Twitter to be uh, overall an okay place, or do you find it to be a negative place? I'm actually legitimate because I know where I am in it all. I I don't matter. I'm just a guy who watches the races, but I'm not riding the horses in the races. What's it like for you? Are, are you able to, to turn off the uh, the comments there? Yeah, but I mean, 
I appreciate it. It's kind of it's kind of like any sport. It's yes. what you get paid for. If people didn't care, you wouldn't get paid. Like, I, I think it's cool. People are that opinionated and that involved. I mean, horse racing is <laughs> originally from a difference of opinion. My horse is faster <laughs> than yours. That's right. No, it's not. <laughs> and so I, I think it's just part of it. I don't. I don't think it's negative or anything. I, I think it's cool. People get excited about their opinions, and it is a a sport that's you know driven by wagering, and so I can understand that. Uh, when will you be back riding in Kentucky? Do you think I will probably stay for the duration of the Oakland meet? Okay. There you go. Well, if you got the mounts, you got the mounts. His name is Keith Asmussen. You can find him on Twitter. Go find him in all the spots. Uh, be nice to him on Twitter. Your guy, Louie, told you to be nice. Be nice. All right, folks. Uh, Thank you, Keith, for joining us here on the Kentucky Racing Spotlight and uh, a bunch of safe trips this weekend. Oh, thank you, Louie. Thank you for having me. All right. Keith Asmussen with us. Uh, We will take a break now when we come back. Uh, His name is Brad Cox. He needs no introduction. We'll talk to him next here on the Kentucky Racing Spotlight presented by the Kentucky HBPA. Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com careers. That's opcpest.com careers. Where do you go to find all your favorite wine, beer, and spirits with selections customized to local tastes? For over 25 years, that go-to place has been Cox's Spirit Shop. Cox's, Louisville's go-to liquor store. Welcome back to the Kentucky Racing Spotlight on ESPN 680 and 105.7. Now here's Louis Rabot. All right, welcome back in. Third segment already of the Kentucky Racing Spotlight with Louis Rabot. I'm Louis Rabot at Radio Louis on Twitter. You can find our station at ESPN 680 and, of course, this show at KY Racing Spotlight on Twitter as well. Next guy on uh, the show here needs no introduction. His name is Brad Cox. Uh, and Mandaloon is the official Kentucky Derby winner. I can't believe we're getting uh, this interview this week. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, how does it, Brad? How does it feel, man? That's got to be a, a weird saga, but at least it's over, huh? Yeah, yeah. Honestly, there's really no uh, feeling at all with it. I mean, it's uh, one of those deals where uh, you know, just kind of glad it's over with, and um, you know, it's not like winning the Kentucky Derby, obviously, with being put up. So, I think the biggest thrill with winning the Kentucky Derby would be the experiencing the thrill of victory and crossing the water first so you know we we feel like we we have a lot of work left to do there in order to try to win a derby the right way but uh you know nevertheless it's it's kind of behind us hopefully now and uh we can turn the page i gotta say for people listening we just had a wonderful moment where we had a bit of a tech issue here at the station and i could just hear brad working uh with which horse (laughs) are you working and where on the planet are you right now Right now, I'm in Louisville. I'm very ah. close to you. I'm uh, at the Trackside Training Center in, here in Louisville. I'll just kind of <laughs> train a little bit later here, and we're just kind of going over some horses and watching them trot up and down the road for soundness, seeing if they're sound or not. But, yeah, uh, he's kind of keeping it keeping it going, trying to multitask, which I'm not very good at, so hopefully I can get through this interview with you. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's all right. Brad Cox with us here on the Kentucky Racing Spotlight. I'm Louis Rabot. Thanks for making us part of your horse racing weekend. 
Uh, you've got horses in a lot of different places this weekend, Brad, up at Aqueduct, obviously at Turfway, the horses that we'll talk about. Um, how hard has it been with the new point system and trying to balance those different routes to the Kentucky game? Well, I think uh, what we're seeing um, in the last year or so is, uh, you know, you, you, you got to be very effective in these point races with the uh, in the 50 and obviously 100-point races. Um, it's kind of one of those things where you, you don't want to do too much too early. Obviously, as a two-year-old or even even, even in your early three-year-old season, we had a horse last year, pretty good colt, instant coffee that didn't perform quite as well as we were hoping in the Louisiana Derby. He, he had won the Kentucky Jockey Club at Churchill, which was, you know, worth some points, and then he won the LeCompte, but we set the Risen Star out because we just didn't want to do, you know, a whole lot with him, and we thought we'd give him just a little bit of time. He didn't perform as well as we thought, and he was on the outside looking in. He would, he, he didn't make the Derby. Uh, so, you know, you, you got to be, you got to be effective, and I think it, it starts in February, March, and, and April is when you really have to have, uh, you know, big performances and, and uh, accumulate the points you need. It doesn't doesn't serve a whole lot of purpose being a um, you know fantastic two year old, and uh, you're just not going to get rewarded for it um, as much as you would obviously in February, March, and April. All right, so Brad Cox with us here on the Kentucky Racing Spotlight. So Brad, you know, you've got a horse in tomorrow, for example, up at Aqueduct. Uh, in uh, the Gotham in just a touch. And I was wondering, you know, for those of us who observe the sport from the outside, you watch the Wood Memorial. We haven't had a winner of the Kentucky Derby out of that race uh, since Saichi Pegasus a quarter century ago, essentially. Does that weigh into your decision at all as far as a path to the Derby, or is it more just, hey, I can get 50 points in the Gotham, I can get 100 points in the Wood Memorial? Well, I'm 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 hoping we can get fifty tomorrow. <laughs> um, we'll, we'll see, but uh, you know, it, it has a lot to do with the horse and, and the development. That particular horse, he obviously broke his maiden at the fairgrounds in late January, and we, we like the idea of just gradually stretching him out, going a one-turn mile as opposed to yep. getting him around two turns. Uh, so that played a huge role in uh, taking him to, to Aqueduct. Um, you know, we'll, we'll uh, see. Hopefully, everything goes well tomorrow. I, I would. Pretty sure, regardless when lose or draw, he'll probably come back to Kentucky, and then you know everything else would be in play uh, if if he's you know makes a good account of himself tomorrow, and 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 we can you know continue on the path to to the Derby. So uh, we got to get through tomorrow, but but it, it honestly it comes down to the individual lot and where they are and how much running they've done and how much experience they have. Obviously, he's just had the one run. He's light on seasoning. He's running against. You know, a bunch of other horses that have more experience, but uh, th- that particular horse, uh, I just like more more so the distance um, at the one turn mile. I-, I think should fit him well with where he is right now um, with his development. In New York, you also have Jin Jin. She'll be running in the busher earlier in the card. Also, a one turn mile there at Aqueduct. Mm-hmm. Um, look, and, and we're we're looking at possibly some moisture in the track as well. She ran well in that Busan over two turns. Do you like her in the one turn over uh, uh, the one turn mile there at, at Aqueduct uh, Saturday? I do. I do like her. Um, she's by a stallion that had. You need to have a tremendous amount of success. I think when the Breeders' Cup is a maiden, a Breeders' Cup sprint or something is a maiden. It was a race that didn't last long, uh, uh, the high tail, and she was able to break her maiden uh, going seven eighths at Churchill. So, you know, I, I have enough confidence in her. She showed us that she she can handle the one turn. Um, thought she ran really good last time, but give us the confidence to obviously put her on the Kentucky Oaks Trail. But this race more of, was more of a timing thing. Thought it would give her a good a good setup race for what we're hoping or thinking could be your next start as is the gazelle there at aqueduct first part of april 
There you go, Brad Cox with us. You also have Barbara Tina tonight in the Cincinnati Trophy. Mm-hmm. Are you making the trip to Turfway tonight? I'm not. i got to catch an early <laughs> flight tomorrow <laughs> yeah. to New York. So yeah, but she, she, she's doing well. I mean, we, when we had her in a lounge race last week, we thought it was the right spot for her, and um, and it, it canceled. They canceled the racing. Actually, the race, the, the next, she was actually, I think they canceled that for the fifth or the sixth, and she was in the sixth or the seventh. So, mm. uh, unfortunately, she didn't get to run the allowance race. But I think she's, uh, you know, fit, she fits well there. I think she does definitely has to take a step forward to, to win it, and I think it's possible. Uh, you, Impel was not uh, drawn into the field. Did she stay at the fairgrounds? And I think she's entered this weekend at Oakland. Is she going to run? She is. She's okay. entered at Oakland. We're going to keep. We're, we're looking to keep her on the turf. That was kind of like a um, yep. a little bit of a safety entry in, in case the allowance race at Oakland did not go. I, I needed to get. A, I need to get a run into her. Um, I'm hoping she can ha- have a. Uh, you know, we'll see how things go Sunday at Oakland. But I'm I'm hopeful that she can. You know. Um, have a big run and we can look at possibly getting a, a race uh you know that could put her on the oaks trail as well maybe the ashland or, or something along those lines but and she's a talented filly she showed that first time out and i do think she'll stretch out uh in the uh bataglia tomorrow you have 804 entries how do you balance all of that? <laughs> well we'll see um <laughs> gettysburg is going to scratch he's re-entered okay. in the lounge race but we have fidget and uh Encino, Encino, I think is, is an exciting horse that's that's really um, really moved forward over the last few months. Obviously, got his maiden broke, he's drawn outside. He obviously will move in one with Gettysburg Address being scratched, but he, he's an exciting prospect. He's he's training well, physically looks good, and he's been really steady of the mornings uh, each week with his workouts. And uh, you know, he's continuing to learn. It's a big ask to go from a maiden win to a stake, but you know, a lot of these three year olds, you just have to. Uh, you know, give them an opportunity and see if they can uh, swim in deeper water. A three-year-old you don't have entered in this race, and I have been watching because I am an observer of Brad Cox, is a horse named Tennessee. Will he run in the Ruby? Is he a potential derby starter for you? Yeah, yeah, that is, that's exactly right. Yeah, we're, we're pointing him for the Ruby. Um, he, he's a horse that's, uh, you know, come to life on the synthetic and and uh, is two for two there on it now. And, and we're just, we didn't really want to run him. Right back in the root uh, in the Bataglia, and then right back in the in the in the Jeff Ruby if he's to run well. So we're going to give him a solid six weeks. His numbers have been going forward, and we like what we see from him. Obviously, no no secret that he's a really good looking horse given the yep. given his purchase price. But uh, you know we're hoping he can take a step forward uh, there the twenty third of March. With the success of a two fills running second, a Rich Strike winning the Derby before they made the the surface change at at Turfway, obviously in Animal Kingdom. Do you treat Turfway? Obviously, the horse has to fit the the surface. I get it, but do you treat that path to the Derby as legitimately as you do, say, the Wood Memorial Path? Yeah, yeah, it's legit. I mean, obviously, Two Fields showed us that last year, and like you said, Animal Kingdom showed us that several years sure. ago. So, no, it, it, it's legit. I mean, just you know, I have learned that or figured that out that you know, if you got a dirt horse that's running really well in the dirt, yeah, it's hard to throw them on the synthetic. I mean, you just don't want to change things. But if they're running well and they're doing well training the right way you know and they pretty much can show you the mornings if they can handle the dirt or not and uh you know you can bounce them back and forth from surface from the synthetic to the dirt you know i've had several horses that started out on say the grass it ended up being really good dirt idiomatic i mean she's yep. a perfect example of a filly that started uh, her career on the synthetic and she, you know we, we immediately put her on the dirt after that and she was i think third and then 
went back to synthetic as a four-year-old, and, and then we transferred her over to the dirt again. So, you know, if she's dual surface, just because they, they run well on one surface doesn't mean they can't run well on two surfaces. So um, it's definitely a, a nice path to take if, if you got a horse that needs that turfway uh, route to the, hopefully the Kentucky Derby. Uh, idiomatic was my vote in the Eclipse Awards for Horse of the Year, Brad. So if you uh, mine, mine too. There you go. <laughs> I bet it was. Mine, mine didn't count. <laughs> only difference. I'll get you out on this. Uh, Highland Falls never run in a stake. You've got them out at the Santa Anita Handicap this weekend. Uh, Floral Giroux uh, flying in for the mount. Man, I really like him in that spot. What uh, what compelled you to send him out for that race? Uh, you know, he, he's, he's been a horse that get off and was very high on from the start. Um, he, he's, um, you know, he did take a little while to get to the races, but, but once he's, you know, he's been very good in the afternoons, he's won three of his four starts. He's received some figures, I think, uh, that definitely stack up with, with these horses and, you know, look, he's light on seasoning and, and, and experience, but, you know, he's a pretty professional horse. He shipped out, he's done well since he arrived his works have been steady enough but you know it's going to be a test for him i do think he can handle the mile and a quarter he's got a he's got a big pedigree he's out of a, a grade one winning mare obviously by curling and you know we're hoping he can take a step forward and he handles the mile and a quarter he's he's he'll be right there at the finish does moving a race back a day affect how you prepare a horse for a race is it a big change for that horse and uh yeah maybe a little bit sometimes with your schooling uh, of the horse and stuff but this horse is is got a great mind so i don't think it'll affect him one bit well there you go he's brad cox he's got uh look i mean he's got he's got 700 horses in the bataglia so watch out it's one of those things uh <laughs> boy all over the place safe travels to new york and a bunch of safe trips for your horses this weekend brad we always appreciate Hi, the time highly thanks for having me on talk, talk to you soon. soon there you go brad cox Bye. uh tater's sitting here and i, I always wonder <laughs> there we go i always wonder do you know that that's like the best trainer in North America right now? I mean, do you have any idea that these things are going on? <laughs> you come on the air. I don't mind. <laughs> I love doing this show, by the way. This is fantastic. I, uh, since I've lived here, yeah. I don't know a damn thing about horses. <laughs> it makes I just, you realize I just bet on them. There you go. Well, you see that name Cox next to a horse. That's one to bet on. There you go. All right. Well, we thank Brad Cox uh, for joining us here on the Kentucky Racing Spotlight. When we come back, we will talk about his horses in the Cincinnati Trophy and in the Bataglia at Turfway this weekend with our friend Caitlin Free. She'll be on the simulcast up there in Florence this weekend. She joins us next here on the Kentucky Racing Spotlight presented by the Kentucky HBPA. Taking care of your family isn't always easy, so we make sure getting care when you need it is. With Baptist Health Urgent and Virtual Care, we bring you more options and greater convenience too. With video visits available 24-7 and online check-in through MyChart for in-person visits. To check in online or to set up a video visit, go to baptisthealth.com slash care anywhere. When it's time to replace your heating and air system, we know people want options. That's why you'll always get a free second opinion with BJ Heating and Cooling. Plus, for a limited time, get 0% financing for 60 months on a new Bryant system. Call the experts you can trust at BJ Heating and Cooling. Welcome back to the Kentucky Racing Spotlight on ESPN 680 and 105.7. Now here's Louis Rabot. All right, welcome back in. Final segment here on the Kentucky Racing Spotlight with Louis Rabot. Of course, I am Louis Rabot here uh, at Radio Louis on Twitter at ESPN 680 for our station at KY Racing Spotlight uh, for the show. You can find her at Caitlin E. Free 
on Twitter. Only 7,000 fewer Twitter followers than Brad Cox, who we just talked to. Caitlin, how are you? <laughs> I'm good. How are you? <laughs> Doing great. A fantastic weekend up there uh, at Turfway Park. I love, by the way, that the Cincinnati Trophy gets its own mantle tonight, and then we run uh, the Bataglia tomorrow up there. Uh, anything in particular that you think you're watching for now that the Cincinnati Trophy, obviously a stretch out from previous races, going the two turns and the Bataglia. Only a three-week turnaround here, but we see you know, John Ennis has an entry here. Other people with some pretty uh, serious entries on that side. Anything you're in particular looking forward to this weekend? Um, I, I agree with you. I'm glad that the Cincinnati Trophy has its own night. It's usually yep. a very, very fun race. We've had some really good fillies come out of that race. Of course, Botanical last year. So I'm glad it kind of has its own spotlight. Interesting group this year. Very interesting that uh, the Brad Cox fully does not draw in and tell. She looked like she could be tough in there if she got in. So it's a little bit more of a wide open contest in there. Um, but really looking to uh, see horses that have stretched out already in these races, some of them that have wins over the all-weather type of surface, so there's kind of a little bit of everything in these races that you mentioned, epic rides. I'm actually a little surprised that we're not seeing him go straight to the Jeff Ruby and then come back yeah. and run really quickly here in the Bataglia, but I know John Ennis likes to run his horses. His barn is hot right now, so I figured there was a 75% chance he was going to run, so I wasn't surprised to see him. You know, we talked to John last week on this show and essentially, you know, his, his rationale was, I'll run him now because he's ready and then if we got to go to the bluegrass that's fine and, and i you know that's the kind of mentality i'll take all day with horse traders rather than oh we're gonna sit on the bench for a couple more weeks yeah that's, a, that's kind of what i was thinking was that maybe instead of doing the jeff ruby he would maybe give him a little bit more of a break and give him a run on dirt um after running the couple of times on the all weather but i mean he still if he wins he still got 20 uh, points in the right. Kentucky Derby. And we know last year, um, after all the scratches, that was enough to get you in. So even if he only clunked up like a third or a fourth in the bluegrass or wherever else he decides to go, that would still be okay. Or if he decides yep. to go to Lexington, I think that's worth 20 or 30. Yep. So there's always definitely options. So I, I certainly understand that. Yeah, Caitlin Free with us. She'll be on the simulcast up there uh, at Turfway Park uh, tonight and tomorrow, of course. You can check her there. Let's go to the Cincinnati Trophy uh, tonight up there at uh, Turfway Park. It will be race six. We're going a mile uh, for $150,000 here in that Cincinnati Trophy. I remember a couple years ago, Caitlin, I was writing for the LA Times horse racing newsletter when that was a thing. And I remember being very critical that the Cincinnati Trophy this close uh, to uh, any of the, you know, the Bourbon Oaks and sorts of things was six and a half furlongs at the time. And I was like, just let them run two turns. And they've obviously right. uh, put all that together, which is fantastic. Who stands out in this field to you now uh, that you mentioned? Impel's going to be running in an allowance on Sunday uh, down at Oakland. Yeah, Impel not going. And I don't know if she would have, you know, if she even drew into the field, if she would have ran, period. Right. Um, because she did have that cross entry. But... I think Living Magic stands out now. She um, She's certainly the class of the field. She's a two-time stakes winner. She won a stakes going five and a half up at Woodbine. And then last time out, back in October, she made her two-turn debut um, in the Chelsea Flower Stakes at Aqueduct on the turf. Won uh, quite easily in there at a price. She's able to be quite versatile. Um, she's got the depth. She's got the versatility. She is coming in fresh, but the Phil Schoenthal barn is really good with horses coming in around two to three months freshening. So I think she looks really good in this spot. Yeah, interesting, too. She's won stakes both on uh, the synthetic and on turf, right? Mm -hmm. One of them going two turns and one of them sprinting. So she's done a little bit. And she broke her mean on the dirt. Yeah, right. So done a little bit of everything. So I these are the kinds of horses, Caitlin, that I think the – 
you know, this turfway route to these races, to the Oaks, to the Derby has really opened up for more horses. She's look, she's a daughter of Justify, yeah. and obviously we've seen plenty of Justifies do well on the turf. That's not a question. But we also know that a lot of Justifies have done well on the dirt. And this is kind of a nice transition from, you know, you mentioned it, from that uh uh, from that turf stakes up at Aqueduct and allows her to kind of slide into a more comfortable uh, position on the on the synthetic there in the uh, Cincinnati Trophy. Yeah, and she seems to have really blossomed, um, stretching out with the addition uh, of blinkers too. So I do like that she gets a little bit of a freshening. Uh, the pace in here, I don't think it looks super, super hot. Uh, but, you know, it could be Dazzling Dictator might be a little bit more forwardly placed than a couple of others. I think Viscountess may be a little bit more forward. So it just kind of seems like it's going to be a little more moderate. I think it would have been a lot hotter if Impel uh, actually went into the race. Maxi Superfly could go as well. But I think this really is going to have a chance to maybe kind of sit a close-up mid-pack type of a trip, which is really what she wants to do. A ridiculous thing to say out loud, so I'm going to go ahead and do it. Is there any chance it's the other Ennis that gets it done in Falabella? There's always a chance. There is always a chance. Um, like I said, he his barn is so hot right now. She yep. can get it done. She can be forward. She can come from off the pace. I like the race that she ran to Marais Girl um, at a big number last time out. So they obviously have something there. Another horse that I think has really earned her chance to be here is the 10 Everlyn. Mm. That is a tough filly. I mean, she recovered from a lot um, when she broke her maiden in that maiden 30. She almost went down. She had no room. Axel Concepcion was able to get her up into the race in the stretch. She flew on to win. And then last time out, she didn't have a comfortable trip either, and she was full of run then. So I think she's going to be potentially the overlooked horse in this race. She's been overlooked in every single start, um, especially last time out when she went off at 16-1. but she's really impressed me. The Foster Barn has done well. So there's a chance for a little bit of an upset. I think that Everlyn could be the one. Yeah, and it's been fun watching Abel Cedillo make the transition uh, mm-hmm. to the Kentucky circuit. Hopefully he'll decide uh, to stay on for Keeneland and then for uh, Churchill Downs as well. So let's hope. Yeah, we're wanting him to stay. <laughs> yeah, well, good. That's great. No, he's a fantastic addition uh, to the uh, colony up there. Caitlin Free with us from up. At Turfway Park, we'll get you out of here on the Bataglia 150K tomorrow, mile and a 16th. Uh, Obviously, four three-year-olds for the boys trying to qualify for the Kentucky Derby. Brad told us in the previous segment that Gettysburg Address will not run tomorrow. Uh, Did that change the race at all for you? I don't think so. Um, I'm actually kind of not surprised that he's running. Um, Of course, you know, kind of been at Oakland throughout the whole time. There's still plenty um, of more preps. Brad already has the view in there, so that uh, that doesn't really change much for me. I think it actually, with that horse kind of having a little bit of speed, I think it almost kind of makes it a little bit easier. For Epic Ride, there's a couple of speed horses that could draw in um, off the also eligible, but if Epic Ride, you know, wants to do what he wants to wants to do what he does. He's capable of sitting just off of another horse. So I think that actually makes his job a lot easier. Okay, so Epic Ride feels like a single as part of the late sequence for you tomorrow? Uh, I'd have to maybe think about a single, but <laughs> I think he I think he stands out in here um, a little bit more than maybe some of the horses do in the Cincinnati Trophy. And I like the Philly coming in from New York uh, that I talked about a good bit. I think Blue Eye George is a little bit interesting. Yep. Um, ran behind Epic Ride last time out. So it would probably be these two. Bold at Midnight had a really good um, maiden breaking score, but he got a loose and lonely lead. Um, that's not going to happen this time. And I think he's definitely up against it. So with Gettysburg address being out, making Epic Ride's job a little bit easier. I would say 
going back with the two uh, that ran one, two in the Leonidas kind of seems a little logical. Well, there you go. Well, she's Caitlin Free. She's up at Turfway Park. Catch her on the uh, simulcast tonight and tomorrow. Uh, anyone else stand out in that late sequence tomorrow? Because obviously we've got the force, uh, the, the mandatory payout in the pick six. Yeah, just uh, just announced that mandatory uh, payout there. Um, definitely exciting. So we have a little bit of a carryover coming in uh, to tonight. So if it can carry over again, it's going to be really, really fun. Um, as far as anyone standing out, I'll have to kind of dive in a little bit more deep. Um, but ready to perform coming back for Brad yep. Cox, um, yep. trying the all-weather. Uh, Pax Wallop's going to be making the um, second start of his uh, career here over the surface for Billy Morey. This is going to be his uh, second run for the Morey Barn. Um, he comes out of a race where Surly Furious has literally won two stakes races from. I thought he ran well in that race. Kind of got a little bit um, leg-weary there late, but uh, was trying something new. So I think he's a little bit more interesting, drawing a little bit of an outside post away from some of the other speed. Um, we got Ocean Antique coming back. So this race after the Bataglia is completely stakes quality. There's a couple horses in here that have won stakes races, Hush of a Storm. Yep. He's obviously a nice horse, so that's a good race. And then the main specialty after, um, for three-year-olds and up, of course, we're going to see a couple of three-year-olds um, in this race. So we'll have to see. There's a couple of first-time starters in there. There's one for Glenn Wismer that I took a little bit of a look at, mm. but it's, it's a good sequence, and adding that mandatory payout I think is going to make it all obviously all the more interesting. All right. Well, I got Frost Mountain and No No Joe on top in that maiden that she okay. just mentioned. She is Caitlin Free. Uh, she joined us from up there at Turfway Park. Good luck this weekend. And uh, by the way, I'm bringing people, just so you know, we will see you at the Ruby. All right. I can't wait. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, we will have you on ahead of the Ruby as well. She's Caitlin Free, Caitlin E. Free on Twitter as well. Go find her and go follow her uh, with all the good stuff up there at Turfway. Caitlin, we really appreciate you being part of the show. We'll talk to you in a couple weeks. Of course. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. That was Caitlin Free from up there at Turfway Park. And that brings us to the close of this week's edition of the Kentucky Racing Spotlight with Louis Rabot. Hey, I'm Louis Rabot. Thanks for joining us this weekend. Good luck with all your bets this weekend. And we'll talk to you next week.